Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast, where each week we find out just what makes our Oklahoma songwriters tick. If you've ever been interested in the process of how songs get written, or if you're a songwriter looking for tips and inspiration, then you are in the right place. I do one-on-one interviews with your favorite Oklahoma artists and dig into why and how they write their music. I'm your host, Jared Voluch, and I'm very, very happy you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. This is Jared Voluch with the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast. And uh, today we are joined by Jacob Lee, a fellow friend and songwriter, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about his songwriting today. How are you doing today, Jacob? Hey, brother. Doing good. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. It's good to have you, man. Um, This will be our first episode, and so welcome, everybody. This is uh, is really a big moment for me. I'm pretty happy to be able to do this. First off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just, you know, uh, a short bio. Um... Well, I live in Cushing, Oklahoma, 33 years old for the last, well, basically since about 2005, 2006, I've been working in technology and uh, spend most of my time working just like most people every day trying to, to figure out what to do next in the company and, and make the right moves to, to keep us afloat. We were pretty lucky to build a pretty, a pretty unique business there. Um, yeah got a great team got a bunch of great people around us that have really helped us kind of continue building the company for as long as we have that's kind of what's given me some opportunity to be able to to get out and share some of my music i've always written songs but i'd never really shared them publicly until uh, a little over a year ago yeah so i guess now i'm a songwriter (laughs) and uh trying to get my music out and and trying to to share what i share what i have to offer so Awesome. That actually makes me think a little bit about my own path. I, we're in this, a similar boat. I got driven to a point in my life where I felt like I needed to just, I needed to change. I needed to try for something else. And I'd always written music and I was afraid to live by that. And um, so that's what I did. And I hit 30 years old and decided I wasn't going to live the second half that way uh, or the same way I had, working for a big company, building airplanes and all that stuff. Sure. Um, so what, was there anything in particular that drove you to the point of wanting to start sharing your music with the, I mean, with everybody, you know, and everybody you can, uh, well, actually I didn't really share it with the people I knew. That was what was funny about it is it actually kind of, uh, there definitely was some, a few instances had a really pretty unlucky 2016, uh, in October of 2016, a man came into our business there in Cushing and tried to kill everybody. That's right. And in an effort to try to get him out of the building, I got stabbed and a, and a couple other my guys got injured pretty good. Um, we were very successful in getting him out, thank God. But it was definitely a day of trauma, that's for sure. Uh, shell-shocked would be uh, pretty close to the way I describe it. You, you can't quite yeah. comprehend how you feel after that until you've been through it. And about a month later, we were uh, shaken by a... 5.3 magnitude earthquake that epicentered about a thousand I don't know it was really close like a thousand meters away from downtown wow. Oklahoma's, I, I don't know we don't talk in meters but apparently right. the earthquake people do so uh, it was a really close epicenter though to uh, downtown where I live and where our business is and it's a bunch of hundred year old buildings you know what I mean hundred year old brick buildings don't do so well when they're shaking up right and That's uh, crazy. Uh, you know, we were in the home whenever that happened and it definitely was like a freight train came through. We had been experiencing a lot of them, but that one was much different. 
And uh, just a few other really tragic things happened in my life. You know, following that, it was a pretty depressing time for me. I was definitely digging in and writing a lot uh, through that. And uh, about a year later, I ended up I ended up getting a divorce, and that was really hard for me. So um, it was definitely a, a really trying time and something that, that, you know, I didn't really go and share my, like I said, I didn't share my music with my family at first. I was really sharing it. I went to an open mic at the Colony in Tulsa yeah. and uh, uh, sang it out, man. Just I, I brought a few songs and, and went in there and did it, and it was just, it was nutty. I met a bunch of people, and, and it's kind of how it all started. I just kept kind of chasing that for a little bit, and yeah, just kind of how it began, I guess. So just it was just a response. I just I had to do something because didn't want to be at home. I definitely, you know, a lot of people go through a divorce. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where you feel like you failed in many, many ways. Not just, you know, not just for what happened or whatever, but you feel like all those things that you'd hoped your life would turn out to be or whatever, you know, like it's all messed up. And really at the end of the day, you know, you can get, you can get past it and keep moving. But in those moments, you just think it's all lost. Yeah. And, so songwriting uh, is kind of a, it's a healing definitely. thing for you. For me, it's a journal. Yeah. It's definitely my journal. Um, in a lot of ways. Um, and that's changing now a little bit too, as I've, as I've kind of, uh, pursued it now as like, Hey, I'm going to sing, my sad songs to people like, <laughs> Oh, okay. And as things get better, you know, I, I've realized that, Hey, there's, there's a lot of exercise to writing and there's a lot of just about getting in the room and doing it. And that's kind of the one thing that a divorce and a lot of trauma will do to you is it doesn't really afford you a lot of time to sit still because you kind of, you kind of want to stay in motion and keep going. Yeah. And so, um, I think that's probably my hardest thing is actually slowing down and stopping and, and sitting down and, and hammering some stuff out. But awesome. Yeah, that, I mean that's what I've used it for myself. So what is uh, what's your musical background like? Um, when did you start playing guitar? When did you start writing actual music? Um, I believe I kind of have a hard time sometimes exact time frames. I was I think I was fifteen or sixteen when I got my first guitar. It was Epiphone, really? a black a black uh, like a nineteen eighties Epiphone. And this thing, still to this day, is one of my favorite guitars. It sounds amazing. Um, but my brother helped me get it, got it off eBay. I think we paid like $145 for it. Nice. And uh, uh, <laughs> I just started playing immediately. My brother had played guitar. My brother Jeffrey, who I work with, uh, he had played guitar growing up and, and did some stuff in church. And so I'd always watch him, but I never played. And so uh, I actually didn't even live with him whenever I started playing guitar. I lived in southwest Kansas on a farm. And... I had a futon bed in my downstairs basement room. It wasn't much light, and I'd go down there, and I would turn off the lights, and I'd play guitar. And even from the very get-go, I was either writing my own song or, or whatever, or I was playing church music usually. And so, yeah, I used to love Jars of Clay, the band. And so nice. that was like the very first album I ever learned like on guitar, and it was just one of my just one of my favorites. So I was either doing jars of clay or, or writing my own yeah. stuff. Oh, you're definitely nineties inspired <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, one thing that I've noticed about you and why I'm really glad to have you like on the podcast is because you offer a little bit of a different sound than what a lot of, uh, our, the people in our circles actually do. A lot of us are a little more folky, a little more country. Um, there's certainly a lot of the, that travel Travis style finger picking, um, in these circles, but you're somebody that comes in with a little bit different view. You do some finger picking, you do some, some different kinds of things, but, uh, 
I definitely enjoy your style. It uh, reminds me of a almost a, like a, a songwriter, a more of a song singer songwriter feel. Um, that's not necessarily pop, but it gets there sometimes. Yeah, I mean pop melodies for sure, but mm-hmm. like '90s inspired and just not your typical style of playing guitar. Sure, and it's a refreshing sound. Oh, cool. Yeah, I. Uh, one thing too that like just to elaborate on that like when I very first started singing these songs, I mean they'd never been saying in front of people. Like I mean again, like there was a couple friends that I've had that we've shared music together with and and they'd send me a song, I'd send them a song I'd be like, "Hey, great." And we just never talk about it again. Like, "Great song." And we just move right. on. Um, but really it was it was until I started singing them in public. Like first of all, I never thought anyone would want to hear a song I wrote. Okay, like literally, I'd show my family that like, great, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, oh, like, yeah. oh, the artists, oh, they hate the it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but then, then you know, you go out and you sing them, and they have taken on a whole new, a whole new uh, feel, and some of the songs that I that I, you know, wrote originally have have come so far, and my vocals and like the things that I've that I've. The, the the time behind the microphone has just really enhanced everything for me. It's definitely made me feel, you know, some things that I didn't even know I was meaning, you know, originally in songs. And when you go and you sing them and you really are letting people into your life and you're sharing it, it really can hit you harder and it continues to let you invest in your own songs and music. And then some of the songs that I wrote about certain pain earlier, or certain trying times or whatever, have taken on meaning for other things that have happened in my life since. Um, but I never would have, I never would have, have ever thought anyone would want to hear them. But now that I've, I've gone out and been playing a lot, you sing your way into them kind of, and they, they, uh, they land or they don't. And so I've been glad to actually have the, the time to go and do that. And I try to get out and play as much as possible and, uh, played in, I mean, just like everybody here. I mean, it's pretty interesting to go into a really busy bar where no one paid for a ticket you know, to come see you play music, but you're up there at the mercy of the crowd, playing in front of a bunch of a bunch of uh, you know bargoers. I mean, loud, loud drinking, whatever. Yeah. And then you just pop on a slow song, and you realize they're listening. That's a great feeling, um, but it's also a really tough one when it's the opposite. <laughs> oh yeah, but it, it helps. You keep you keep you keep doing it. So, all right. So, one of the big reasons I started this podcast was to talk about songwriting specifically a lot of people talk about the stories behind songs when and they call it a songwriting podcast or or whatever it's for me this isn't really a behind the vh1 behind the story or whatever uh thing i want to talk and let people know about the artist side of it the actual process like what is uh so let's talk about a typical writing session for Jacob Lee like when do you when you sit down or do you sit down you know how do you tackle something do you wait till you get inspired and then you go at it you know um, what is the typical way for you to kind of do a song from start to finished bones I'm not saying recording and all sure. that but I definitely would tell you that I don't sit down a lot and intentionally write okay um, usually I have a room in my house and uh, it's, a, it's a room that I've dedicated to music and it's it's got really great wood floors and it's got a lot of, it's just really echoey, honestly, but for an acoustic guitarist, just sitting in there, you feel like you're in a big space and 
my music almost always begins first of all as if I'm if I'm in a place where I feel like I want to be at home, and I've got some private time or I've got some 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 time to kill or whatever, but it's usually also after something like I'm in a rough place or I had a really rough day or whatever, and I just need to get out of my own head and I go in there and it starts with a guitar every single time. And so going, guitar or piano, it starts with the music, I guess you could say. But I'll go in, I'll sit at the piano or I'll sit at the guitar and I'll just play. And literally I'll turn my recorder on often pretty quickly. And usually I'll just play a song or play some, some music that I'm just feeling or hearing and I'll just let it rip and see what happens. And then if I find something that's kind of groovy, I'll start singing with it, a melody. And then I'll literally continue to let the recorder go and I might play for four or five minutes and I'll finally find one thing that just kind of fell out of me and then I'll continue to wrap myself around that and uh, almost always starts with a hook for me almost every single time okay um, yeah the chorus is the chorus is often just something that I'll write first maybe even a few days beforehand and then I'll be singing that in my head as I'm going everywhere it'll be stuck in me and it's almost like it's on constant rotation in my mind and I'll hear the music and I'll hear the you know that that chorus in my head and then as I, as I drive for work and as I drive for music and whatever else, I play those songs. I mean, I use my car time probably as well as anyone you've ever met. Because, I mean, I've been doing that for years as far as, as work goes, you know, trying to catch up on, on calls and all that stuff. And I'm driving to Clinton, Oklahoma or to Guyman or wherever I'm going, right. you know, for work. And, uh, but for music, it's really paid off for me. That discipline of, of recognizing that time as work time has given me back countless hours of time i mean between yeah, tulsa and oklahoma same, city you know I do the huge. same thing man I, yeah. i've recorded two sets of lyrics on the way up here that just were floating in my head yeah about just a subject that i voice I memo one, man put yeah. them down and so i'll i'll literally uh i'll try to do the best i can of like creating like a almost like a demo chorus and then like the verses like set up in a song so i'll try to record verse chorus verse chorus or whatever music and then i'll actually sing the chorus and then music mm -hmm. again and then sing it and i'll just work to fill it in and as i fill it in i usually uh uh you know come back to the verses and i'll decide does it need a bridge and often i don't i don't use a lot of bridges um i think some of my music could probably do so but really at the end of the day i just like to i just like right i said i never feet. i never wrote these for anyone so it yeah. wasn't it wasn't it was never meant to be you know Let's hope everyone loves this. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you weren't Bill, you weren't writing songs thinking of a packaged product. Yeah, the for, the, for the chorus was a message to me. I mean, yeah. it literally was a message to me, and uh, I don't know. It's almost like a an old teacher trying to like pound a lesson into your head or something like that. It's kind of how I talk to myself and talk myself off off the ledge, I guess. You know what I mean? It's kind of what I do. So. Yeah, I definitely understand that. But the car, man, the car is a is part of it for sure. So. Another big thing that I like that I don't see a lot of, um, or I don't see enough of, I was, this isn't the song that we're using that the listeners that will hear at the end of this, but I tore apart one of your songs earlier today and I noticed like your chord progression, it sounded really, really nice. And if you're hearing this somewhere in the future and his this other album has come out, then you'll hear this song called Wanted. Um, or Wanting. Wanted. No, you, it is wanted. you got it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I listened to the lyrics as well, but I was captivated by the simplicity of your chord progression for the verse because it's an F major, and then it simply reorganizes itself and does a... I believe it's just a first inversion, 
but it takes the spot of the five chord and then you invert again and turn it into another it's like an f sus four and then it comes back to <laughs> f major i wish people could see me looking at you <laughs> because what i'm about to tell you is i have no idea what it is <laughs> i just smashed keys uh, it blew my mind i was like <laughs> this is nothing but everything That's the way cool. the way the way it all worked out uh, because the tension and release of those chords worked really well. Yeah. Your second chord could have either been a, a C sus, four or an F major seven inversion. Truly, like it, on really piano, weird. like I don't play much on piano, um, but it's all white keys for me, and I use that transpose <laughs> button like a crazy man, and then I just <laughs> hope and smash. That's what I do. <laughs> nice. But uh, I do love that song. Um, that song does have a lot of meaning for me, and it's definitely. Uh, one that I will put out on record at some point. Um, but I love the melody in that song a lot. Like, I you, like how yeah. it does what you're talking about, the simplicity of the of the chord structure, but then it's got this melody that's soaring, you know, through and through, and then in the chorus, it just gets even bigger and bigger. But, uh, yeah, you can check that out. Check it out online. And that's in that room I was telling you about. That's in the dark room. The dark room, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's been a fun little project. So yeah. there'll be plenty more of that coming out. Yeah, and I, um, your melodies are something that are always just soup they're really really nice and while your chord progressions your chord progressions stay out of the way of your voice i mean that's that we all try to do that um i'm just a very i mean i'm very simple i mean like as far as guitar work goes and stuff like that the things that make my me unique are definitely not my my uh broad expanse knowledge of chord structures and knowing how songs should be Shape. I mean, I use a lot of the same chord structures, and even with my guitars, like I use, I'll play with a baritone guitar and play a song right after I just played another one that's using the exact same chord structure, just lower, and it's got a different intonation on it. Um, and then I utilize open tunings pretty well as well, just to kind of vary myself up. But yeah, I need to learn how to uh, understand how to talk about music. And this number system thing that everyone keeps throwing at me, they always start counting <laughs> one, at me, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and nonsense. I just shake my head, and I just, i like... Well, okay. you don't have to. You, you actually talk about that in the some of the information that you sent me is you were more of a hear it and replicate it yeah. type of person. And I mean, to say knowledge is more important than having the ear is, I don't know, it's a foolish statement. I feel like you really have to have both. I don't care how smart you are mm-hmm. if you can't. If you are playing something that's over someone's head and they just don't like it, there's that. Yeah, for me, my know. only saving grace is that I'm writing the songs and that yeah. hopefully I get some guys that understand how to play and will be able to, be able to fill me in and tell me what I have to do if we got to change something when I start playing with a band. But I don't worry about it, man. It stresses me out. Um, it's definitely something that like, I've been trying to learn how to play with other people. And at first, I mean, I'm, even, like, even when me and you very first started playing together, um, it made me so like I would be thinking about you playing a lead sitting right next to me at JJ's or, or fiddling around or jumping on a harmony. I'd start thinking of it I'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then I'd be like, I'm not singing anymore. <laughs> like, what am I doing? I'm totally, totally distracted. Um, and so I'm getting better at like being more comfortable. And again, it was a confidence thing. It was like, first of all, like I'm already on edge trying to do this on my own and sharing this music out. Like, and it's, it's, you know, well, people... Are they going to kick me out of here? What's going to happen? And then when people start joining in, it's a lot of pressure, especially when they're as good as guys like you. You know what I mean? You hear, you hear, that was another thing about traveling around and just going. 
uh, there's nothing that will, you know, other than just getting behind the mic, that's, that's just one part of it. But the, you know, so the potential shame of that or whatever, the potential great feeling or whatever you're going to get from <laughs> it, you know, that's one thing. But following or, or playing before somebody that you've heard that you know is exceptional in your mind and not looking at them through the same lens that you look at yourself, but just li- listening to what they're doing and you walk around and you're, you're in all these places in Oklahoma, you go in and you can just find so many people that'll blow you away in their performances. I'll tell you what, if you, if you're not, if you don't have the, the cojones to kind of face that, then songwriting is probably not your, you know, singing it out anyways, maybe songwriting, yeah. but going and performing, I'll tell you what, that's a real anxiety yeah. ridden ridden deal but, it's but it also makes you better the other. yeah what you learn from other people and going and sitting right next to them and and realizing that even some of these people that you think are the best you know they go to that bar too that same bar that you went to and they play in front of that crowd that was real loud for you and that crowd oftentimes is the same for them and you're sitting there thinking what the heck and then you realize it's bigger than that it's not about it's not about that at all that's just part of this um and so, yeah, I, I, I think that singing it out and learning how to do so and, and feeling that out is everything. But comparing yourself and learning from your peers, just like in any business, by the way, any business is the same way. If you can't, if you can't partner and team with people that are like-minded and if you can't recognize what other people bring to the table, then you're probably not going to do so well in this business either. So unless you're just unbelievable. You yeah, know? and that's not that often that that occurs. I mean, there's plenty of people that can play circles around you know me or you and oh yeah but they're sitting at home yeah and they aren't playing out for people right because i don't know that's a trial by fire you have to sharpen your edges and Mm -hmm. find that thing that you are good at the thing that makes you different uh and i feel like you're well on your way to doing that and that's why i'm that's why i wanted to have you on here i appreciate it man I don't know if I'm actually answering any of your questions. <laughs> Somewhat, yeah. Round in a roundabout. No, like, I think we're, we go off no. on a lot of tangents. Probably we do tangents. This the point of this is to talk about songwriting, but there's a whole lot more to it than that. Sure. I want it to be entertaining, and it'd be fun. Here's one, and this is hard to do. It's hard for most artists, I think. But think about you. Think about your style. Think about your own artistry. And we've all done this. We kind of stack ourselves up against everybody. Um, But it does help to recognize some of your own strengths. And uh, if you don't have an answer for this, I have one at least. As far as your writing style, as far as the way you play, all these things, like what is that? What's that one thing that you think you do particularly well? What draws me to it? Well, here's what I think about when I ask that question. Whenever I think of let's say Blake Lankford. I think of somebody who just focuses wholeheartedly on the writing process itself. Um, he's told me before he writes a song a day. I don't know if he's still doing that, but I know that he sits down and he, he will physically, you know, a lot of it's throwaway, but a lot, you know, it forces you to, to really sharpen your edges. And that's something that he's really, really good at. And he tells an amazing story. Um, for you, one of the things that I recognized immediately was the amount of just emotion coming through your voice that I don't hear from a lot of people. Like, I I don't feel like I do it nearly as well as you do. And it's something that I really enjoy hearing every every single time I hear you play is 
I mean, you you tell great stories, and they have great messages, but they are. It's also about. I mean, essentially, your voice is the salesman. Yeah. In a lot of these cases, and you have a great voice, a great emotion in your voice. Without it, it's not over the top, um, and that's something that. That's what I think of whenever I think of you. Well, we talk about like in our in our company a lot. Can't sell what you don't believe. First of all. And so if you don't believe in what you're writing, and again, you may be a totally different style of writer than me. That's what's kind of different about me is this is not, these songs were not written to be songs. They were written to be uh, healing or written to be, you know, and again, some of them, again, I'm learning to do differently now, but a lot of these things, um, that emotion is real. I think about these songs and they, and they devastate, you know, a lot of them devastate me. But then again, I go and I think of a song like uh, uh, Alive, you know, where I'm talking about a really uh, wonderfully fun lady that I met as well out on the uh, the musical journey who dominated me. And it's something that I just like to sing. I mean, it, it was a great day in my life. Like, I mean, I think about that and you just sing it. I mean, these stories are all real to me. So when I do sing them, I'm thinking about what happened at the moment. And so... I don't know. I mean, that definitely does draw me. I feel like I feel like uh, it can be hard to find the emotion sometimes. Like if I'm just not, you know, in the mood. But really, like if I get one or two songs in, I start feeling it again because again, these are these are still pretty raw stories. I have no idea if I'll be able to do this in ten years or five years from now. I don't know. I hope I'll keep writing. Um, but I do know that I believe in these things, and I believe also I feel compelled. I feel very compelled to share this music. Um, now i mean i really do i feel like a lot of people have have responded to it in a way that i was unexpected i mean you know a pretty selfish person probably to not to not recognize you know i mean i recognize it. everyone's going through a lot of pain everyone's going through a lot of problems um and so that's another big draw for me is to know to know that this music is bigger than me it's helping you know others feel or cope or or at least they recognize that someone else in the world is experiencing something that they may feel totally alone in and uh, and it may just be momentary or maybe they isolated themselves or whatever but somehow they just happen to stumble upon your song and maybe it helped out but uh, I don't know I mean I appreciate I appreciate you recognizing that but I think it goes more towards me and my style of songwriting it's not like a I'm definitely the opposite probably of what Blake does I mean Blake is Blake is uh, like you said, he's a he's very disciplined in writing. Like it's a it's a real habit of his. This is not a habit of mine. It's a response, I guess you could say. This is how I respond. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So I I, I get it. Uh, life appri- life applies the pressure, and this is what comes out of you. right. And I mean, another thing that draws me to it, like you were talking about melodies earlier. Like I've always loved like jingles or love like memorable hooks and like a lot of times even in some of my songs the hook the chorus itself is not the chorus like it's like a little hook or it's like a little part yeah it's like it's not even the words it's just something else um you like world apart the guitar part is the chorus not the money comes easy but the loving's hard it's do 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 and you just can't let it go whenever you get done listening to it it's still there and so whenever I find those things and I recognize melodies a lot, I, I, I desire to have, not desire, I guess that's the wrong word, but I, I feel, 
I don't know, satisfaction, I guess, whenever you find that melody that just kind of really sets on top of music well. Um, and again, I find emotion in the music. Like the music itself is just as emotional as the words to me often. And yeah. again, that goes towards kind of what we were talking about before we even started. Like most people don't even know what the hell you're saying in a busy bar and a loud night. They just know it sounds pleasing. And so, or it still sounds emotional in my case, a lot of the times it still sounds, you know, compelling or that, that I'm telling you something that's hard, but they may not understand the words of it. So the music itself is just as emotional to me and just as big a part of the story as anything else. Yeah. Well, and that's something I, I feel like honestly, your expression in your voice is uh, probably more important than any word that you'll ever say not just you like yeah everybody i mean blues travelers um <laughs> right. uh the hook or whatever brings you back to the hook that song he wrote uh it's literally just about if i put the right inflection in my voice you will listen yeah and you will you will be hooked suck it uh, in suck it in suck it in. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> i didn't know that for i and the part of me that made <laughs> made me so mad because i i pride myself on being a songwriter i didn't know that yeah. I had no idea that those were the words to that song until 10, 15 years later. It's ridiculous. But Blues um, Traveler. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. Great. Well, shoot, man. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about in regards of song to songwriting itself? Um, I know we've covered a lot of stuff, chord progressions. I, maybe some practical advice, because like I said, I, I think that whenever you do write in the style that I do, maintaining good organization in how you're documenting your stuff is key. And like so many things that I've seen, like I've sat with a lot of guys even recently to where we're jamming or playing something or figuring out and we're not writing anything down and we're all smashed or <laughs> at that point and then it's lost in the universe mm -hmm. and so i think that trying to be uh diligent in in recognizing that that inspiration may only come once and you may not have meant to do it but it was there and then really being good about going back and listening to what you've done is huge and i think you'll find a lot of inspiration in yourself in those moments i think also I mean, being honest in your music is, is critical to me. Again, not every song has to be like it. Some songs can be totally, you know, not about deep stuff and be just fine. But I think that if you still don't, you know, if you're singing about things you don't know, it'll come out. It'll come out and it'll come out clear and it, and it, and it may not be as successful for you unless you're singing about the things you know. Don't be afraid to be honest and share, share what you got going on. So I think that's pretty huge for me. So Awesome. I do have one more thing I'd like you to talk about just a little bit. Something I've noticed about you is that a lot of us, especially a lot of Oklahoma artists have trouble with, is uh, kind of the grind process. Uh, you seem to be doing particularly well with like starting to get promotion and being consistent with your promotion stuff uh, for yourself and assembling a team and all of that stuff. How do people... What kind of words of wisdom or advice would you give to people that are trying to kind of move that route uh, and to they feel like they're good enough to move forward with their own songs and get out? But like, you know, what promotion tools have you used that are really starting to work for you that maybe other people aren't using that they don't know about? Well, first of all, open mics, they are a proving ground. And if you are in a place that has a vibrant open mic, and you've got other people that are in and out of there that actually are doing things in the business or getting in and out. It's a really great place to go see firsthand 
who's actually working and who isn't. Um, it's where everything that's happened to me so far started at, including the person who's producing my record. Um, you know, all started right there at the colony. Cody Clinton and I met at the colony and, uh, he approached me as soon as I got done playing and we basically have been building a record ever since then. Just finished it by the way, which is exciting. Um, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. It's in mastering now. Um, you know, but same, same difference was my connections with Cameron Gillespie and mental media all formed out of this group here at JJ's. Um, being in the scene, someone told me this, she said, you can't be in the music scene unless you're actually in it. And so going and being around and supporting other artists, um, OK Sessions is really good about that. They're definitely a, a group here in Oklahoma City that's trying to uh, bring all anyone who's willing to be a part of this music push here in Oklahoma City together and think bigger and think as a collective. Um, I mean, that's huge. And so like, like, like we talked about earlier, like realizing that like even with me and you okay like you were somebody that i met pretty early in all of this and any chance you and either one of us have had we've tried to help each other out and throw each other a bone um being consistent in how you do business uh if you tell someone you're going to be there if you tell someone they've got you know x amount of money or or whatever or if you tell someone that you, they've got a show and you don't know how much money you're going to make try to be honest about it up front so that people have expectations of what they're getting themselves into because there's nothing that will end a relationship quicker than money or than, than with a real letdown of a show that you might have hyped up. You don't need to overhype it. These, there's, right. just, there's just a lot. There's a lot of things you can go do. Um, social media presence is huge. I mean, it's definitely something. I hate it. I think it's definitely uh, the most annoying thing that I've had to do getting back involved in music. Is I, was, I wasn't completely off social media but for a long long time i was way disconnected from social media i mean i'd go weeks without looking at it right without any any connection to it um but that's huge so i mean you know little things like getting your own youtube channel um you know you gotta have 100 subscribers before you can even get your own channel so that you can have a simple link for people to go to your whole page rather than just one video those little things right there do matter they do make a difference and they do help you spread your brand um, staying consistent in your image or in your logos or any of those kind of things as well. It gives, it's just like anything else. Again, this is what, what people always, I don't know anything yet. Okay. Like I'm learning and some of the things I'm doing are working for me, or at least they're working up to this point in the, in the place that I'm at, but the real rubber will meet the road when my record releases. And when we actually see what results we get from that. Um, but staying consistent and, and, and really understanding that people, the more they see you, first of all, the more they're going to become familiar with what you're doing, the more they're going to become familiar with what your best thing is or what your offering is, um, and the more they're going to be willing to help. And being somebody who's willing to step in and help will open so many doors for you. You've got to be selfless. You've got to be someone that recognizes that this business also seems to be a lot of people thinking that there's a line or that there's some sort of, uh, of order of things on who's next and whatever, but there's no business in the world that works like that. Those who go get it are gonna get it. And I'm definitely somebody that, I have confidence in what I know um, about just general business, but also in building relationships with people and being somebody that's honorable and working towards a common goal together. And anyone that wants to work together with you is a, I mean, again, it's not always a blessing, but you can find avenues and ways to work with everyone. It's great. 
Um, I don't settle for, uh, or not settle. I don't, I don't care about genres that much. Um, I've had some really unique opportunities that I, you know, that were really cool to play at the bluegrass festival, the international bluegrass festival. And I'm sitting up there playing not bluegrass, <laughs> you know, but being able to overcome that fear in my mind and do it has led me to, to meet so many more people. And it just continued to open up, uh, my music into a different crowd that accepted it as well. Um, and then volunteering. I mean, that is another thing that definitely will get you in the scene. Um, it's huge. Very, very big. One more thing, actually. One more, I think it's major, too, is your equipment. Your equipment is, is basically, it is the only thing between you and your audience, truly. Yeah. And if you have a speaker system or you have, you know, something that doesn't really suit what you're trying to do or it's not big enough or it's not powerful enough or whatever, you're going to be lost in translation simply because of that. And I see a lot of people buy gear that they shouldn't have bought. And if they had just waited maybe two more months, they could have bought the next step up or whatever. Um, and it really handicaps them. And I'm lucky enough to have a really good job, but still like I've always been somebody that this is a priority to me if I'm going to go and share this. And again, I want to mitigate as much of the, of the potential negativities, I guess you could say, before I get out in front of people. But having the right gear is everything. And changing your strings and making sure that your guitar is, is set up right, those things are, are crazy. Bring an extra pack of strings with you to your gigs. You know, those kind of things are, are it'll derail you if you don't. You'll have, a, you'll have that one moment where it just was, you know, it wasn't a big deal last time, but this was a big deal and people will stop trusting you to come and, and uh, pay you to play music for, for their bar or for their venue or whatever else. It's a business to them. And you got to always remember that a lot of people will tell you it's your stage. It is definitely your stage when you take the stage. But if you don't understand the reason why you're on that stage and you don't understand what the mission or the goal is of the place that you're at stage is probably not your stage next time. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, that's a good message for everybody to hear, uh, especially seasoned and, amateur like just anybody starting out everybody needs to hear that now before we go i want to talk real quick about your the song that we're going to actually tag on at the end of this episode for everybody to listen to um and it's called learning as i go yeah now take us through that a little bit what is uh what is the song about how did it come about uh it's one of my more recent songs it's not it's not going to be in my record um but it's definitely one that I have a lot of uh, connection with. Um, song started out after uh, it, I went through a divorce, like I told you, and uh, something that was pretty hard for me to deal with. But recognizing in my life that that no matter how old I get or how many times I think I figured it all out, like I'm still learning. I'm still learning every day. Um, and so it's just kind of a representation of that. The song has a couple a couple major points in it that were kind of epiphanies to me, even in my own understanding of my relationships with people or myself. And uh, so the chorus, it says, I'm not giving up here on the bottom. I think it's sad enough that the same way you got them is the way you lost them. And recognizing that about myself that, hey, I know I can be too much or I can be just over the top, but also it's usually the thing that attracts a type of, of woman or, or friend that I'm around and that shame of realizing that that same 
overbearingness or, or, or extra nature about me is what also can drive people away. It was really heavy for me and it hurt, it hurt to feel it. Hmm. Um, uh, so again, it's just me being, trying to be honest with myself and the, the song came out of me. Like, I mean, it wasn't like, that was not a, that was a one, that was a one day, one hour sat down and wrote it straight through kind of thing, which doesn't happen to me a lot, but it felt, it just felt like it came out of me. Yeah. And, sometimes uh, it just falls out and that's a, that's a good day. Um, yeah. well, cool. I'm sure people are going to love listening to it. Yeah. And it's kind of one of my very few songs too, that kind of floats, starts in with an analogy and then it ends with the same analogy. Again, I do that a lot. I do a lot of recalls and songs just to kind of make sure I hammer them home. Cause again, like I said, these were for me and it was like a, almost like a, a lesson learned today. Yeah. And, uh, but it floats in from an analogy of saying, you know, and so it goes, I didn't see the way before it sank the boat. I've been carried out to sea in the undertow and I'm a long, long way from home. It definitely was a hopeless day for me. I was having a really rough day. Um, and didn't really solve anything either, uh-huh. by the way to write the song. Just realized, better, well, I'm learning still. Maybe it'll get better. But uh, yeah, it's pretty transparent though. Yeah. yeah. And then one last thing. How can people uh, find you? And yeah, any Look, upcoming shows, any big things happening this year? Other than uh, obviously the album release. Yeah, um, a few things. Uh, yeah, the album will be coming out. We're, we have not set a date exactly. They say don't set a date until you are got it in your hand. So I'm trying to be as careful with that as possible. Um, but hopefully late late summer or early fall kind of time is what I'm hoping for. Um, uh, got a really cool show today, actually. I'm excited about to play on the Devon, the Devon uh, Energy Tower lawn. Uh, for Oklahoma City's Myriad Gardens, the Botanical Gardens here. I'm going to be working with them today for the summer solstice, so that'll be fun. And then I'm playing with Chris Jones and the Flycatchers tomorrow night at the Colony in Tulsa. And then July 27th, I'm opening up for the Imaginaries there in Tulsa as well, which will be a really fun show. So I'm pumped about that. And just a bunch of random stuff. Uh, You can find everything about me, uh, about what I'm doing on my social media sites. The weirdest thing and the hardest thing about me is my name and how it's spelled. <laughs> and it's spelled G-I-A-K-O-B and Lee. And so just everything, search Jacob Lee and you'll find me. So, Awesome. Well, uh, everybody be on lookout for Jacob Lee and uh, his new record coming out. And, man, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Jared. Yeah, good luck with this thing, man. Hey, yeah. I appreciate it. This is a fun first episode. And uh, today we were at JJ's Alley here in uh, Bricktown. And this is a major hub for the local singer songwriters. And if you've never been there or been here rather, then please come check it out. Um, we do a Sunday night songwriter swap called the seventh day rebellion that we're all really grateful to be a part of. And that's mm-hmm. where a lot of the heavy hitters come from. So and you hear a lot of them. A lot of these guys will sit down and talk with you and tell you about their experiences. And again, it just goes to trying to be in the scene. They'll, they'll share their knowledge with you. And, uh, a lot of these guys will tell you they cut their teeth right here at JJ's, and I'll tell you the same thing for myself. So, All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. See you all next time. Bye.